welcome back to the Reasonable Fan Podcast. Where did that summer go? I guess it's it went by so fast I didn't even have a chance to create another podcast. But uh, here I am again in September and I'm about to do another one on the Stampeders. There has been a lot happening of late in the football world. There's been a lot happening in the hockey world too, but I'm going to save that material for another podcast I'm going to do probably pretty soon. Um, now the Flames preseason is about to start, and uh, we all know a bunch has happened, so I will go on about that, but I'm going to save my material for later. Anyway, as far as the stamps are concerned, Labor Day just happened on Monday, so we're more than halfway through, and as uh, some of the players and coaches have said, the real season now begins. Up until this point, the season so far has been, I would say, atypical for the Stampeders, and I'm not so sure that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I said before in my, my previous podcast that we've gone to a lot of games for Stampeders, for the Stampeders where the game's been over at halftime, and it's frankly a little boring, to, to put it that way. This season has not been that case. We've actually seen some losses at McMahon Stadium for once, uh, which has made things really interesting. Um, the other thing that's complicated... The season so far for the Stampeders has obviously been the injuries that they've faced. Um, there's been a lot of really high-profile injuries, lots on the defensive line, which has shaken things up. But, of course, the biggest injury that we've seen is that to Bo Levi Mitchell. Um, I believe it was the second game of the season or third game of the season where he, in late in the fourth quarter, came down with a, a torn pectoral muscle in his throwing arm. And uh, Nick Arbuckle was able to step in admirably the rest of that game and engineer the winning drives to uh, eventually beat the BC Lions in that game. Of course, at the time, the prognosis for, the, for Bo was not that good. Uh, a non-contact muscle-related injury uh, in the throwing arm for a quarterback is, is pretty deadly. And so he was put on the six-game injured list. And all of a sudden, the team became Nick Arbuckles. Now, we've seen a lot of Nick in the previous couple of seasons. And uh, from what we have seen in limited capacity, he's been fairly impressive. He just never really had the opportunity to show his stuff. Well, he had six clear games to show exactly what he had to the Stamps and to the fans. And I have to say, I've been pretty impressed with how he looked. He wasn't a world beater, but I don't think he really needed to be. He was able to engineer wins, and he his completion percentage was unbelievable. Um, he was you know, clearly comfortable in that system, and he's learned quite a bit from working uh, underneath both Bo and Dave Dickinson. And I, I think he was quite ready to take the reins. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens to him next year. I think he's a free agent at the end of this season. So I bet you there's a team that takes a flyer on Nick because he looks like somebody who could be ready to take the reins at another team. That being said, another team is not the Stampeders. So there's, you know, a whole lot that goes into it than just moving teams and, and finding success elsewhere. But at the end of the day, Nick Arbuckle was able to keep the Stampeders in the conversation in the Western Conference and in the CFL in general uh, until a time that Bo could, could return. And we'll talk about Bo a little bit later, but um, you have to applaud Nick Arbuckle for uh, everything he was able to accomplish for the Stampeders up to this point in the season. And he is one of the main reasons why they are still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Normally losing a guy like Bo Levi Mitchell spells doom for a team, but um, not the Stampeders. They're right in it, and they're looking deadly again. Now, it seems like every season, especially for the Stampeders, there's always somebody new who rises to the occasion and, and gets their name known throughout the season, um, especially in the receiving core. Uh, in the past, it's been guys like Mark and Michelle, Devaris Daniels, Eric Rogers. This year, it's Reggie Bagleton. And I don't think this really surprises anybody, at least nobody who's been paying attention to the Stampeders for the last year. 
Reggie's a guy who stepped up for the Stamps amid a bunch of injuries last season and put up heavy numbers after Kamar Jordan was injured uh, until Reggie broke his arm and had an injury of his own. Um, This year, a lot of people were looking forward, myself included, looking forward to seeing him play and seeing what he could do. And as of the Labor Day Classic this, this last weekend, Reggie's second in the CFL in receiving. And he is a threat every single time he runs a route on the field. And what's most interesting is that while he's getting a lot of attention and he should, um, you kind of see a diminished role for Eric Rogers. And I don't think there's anything taking away from Eric Rogers. I think that just means that Bagleton is playing so well that Rogers doesn't have to be that standout guy uh, for this team. I almost see him kind of sliding into a role like Marco McDaniel used to play, that reliable vet. He's always in the right place at the right time, can make the reliable catch when you need him. And Bagleton can go ahead and be that flashy player now. Speaking of the Labor Day Classic, Reggie had himself a game and he was, he, he received for over 130 yards. I think it was 136. He had two or three touchdowns. I think it was two touchdowns. Week before he had like four touchdowns. So the guy is just a, a production machine right now. And it's really, really great to see. Um, and you kind of hope that he's going to have a, a much more success now that Bo is back in the fold as well. Now, of course, with Bo Levi Mitchell being out for such an extended period of time um, and Nick Arbuckle being somewhat unknown, I guess, to the impact he was going to have on the team turned out to be positive. But in any case, when you have a major injury like that, other areas of the team have to step up to, uh, I guess, balance that out. If you're going to have success, it's a, football is a team game. You can't just win from offense and you can't just win from defense either. Both sides have to be participating. I have to say that once Bo went down, the defense really hit their stride and were able to uh, give Nick good fields to work with, to give him good situations, um, to deal with in, in the game situation. And uh, they really learned to lock teams out. And this has kind of been a hallmark of the Stamps defense the last couple of years, but with all the losses from the roster on the defensive side of the ball, um, you wondered how they were going to be able to do it this year. Well, it seems like they haven't really missed much of a beat, um, especially their linebacking core. Uh, Corey Greenwood has more than held his own uh, replacing Alex Singleton, which is one of the big questions we had coming into the year, but he seems to be doing quite well um, at that position. But Winton McManus has really stepped up and he's been quite impressive for me uh, in the linebacking core. Jamar Wall is, is solid as always. I don't really comment too much on him, but I will also say that the defensive line has really stepped it up. Uh, they suffered tons and tons of major injuries, like season-long injuries at the start of the season. And when that happens, especially on the defensive line, um, you really get worried because a lot of the, the pacing from the defense comes from the defensive line, being able to pressure the quarterback, being able to tackle running backs. And I have to say that, that for the front seven in particular, but the defensive line, of course, have been outstanding, um, led by Cordero Law and even Derek Wigan, the Canadian. Um, they've looked fantastic and are chugging right along even with the losses of through to injury and from uh, Davis and Johnson leaving in the offseason. Now on to the Labor Day Classic on Monday. Um, I would, of course was there with my family um, as we are every year and it's it's a really is a, a special game in the season. It's one that I look forward to every year and I know the players do and most of the fans do as well. It's when the intensity in the game turns up a couple extra notches than it has been previously. It's like everything else was a dress rehearsal for this point in the season, this one point in the season. And of course it continues to escalate after this as well, especially since it's back to back with the, with the Eskimos. But 
Um, I love the Labor Day Classic. The atmosphere is great. The weather is always really nice. You get the jets fly by and that gets everybody pumped up. Um, the stamps wear their awesome black uniforms. Although I have to say this year, I don't know how much I liked the red helmets with the chrome horse. I kind of missed the matte black fade helmet that they've had in the past for the outlaw jersey. I appreciate them trying something different. And on the field, the red helmets look sweet. But in like pictures and even the replays and stuff, it looks a little odd to have the red helmet with the chrome horse. You always expect the red helmet with the white horse. It was cool, yes, but I, I kind of missed the black helmet. On top of it being the Labor Day Classic, we saw the return of Bo Levi Mitchell to the roster, and we thought that he was going to be back a couple weeks beforehand uh, against the Alouettes, and apparently he suffered a, a setback during during practice uh, with his throwing arm, and so Arbuckle was able to take that last that last start before the bye week um, to give Bo a couple extra weeks to recover. Um, I feel like this was the plan all along, uh, just given that there was going to be a bye week right before the Labor Day Classic. I don't think that the Stamps had much appetite to rush Bo into playing that game before the bye week. And I know the Stamps lost, although it was a tight, incredibly entertaining game, but I think this game against the, the Eskimos meant the most for the Stamps as far as the season was concerned, and also for Bo's recovery too. So I think that they were aiming for this all along. And I have to say, for a guy that missed eight weeks of the season, essentially including bye weeks, he did not look out of place one bit. He didn't really miss throws. I think maybe there was one that I saw that could have been a miss, but his tempo was there. His timing was there. He, his relationship with his wide receivers was what you would expect for a quarterback halfway through the season. And the offense was really humming along. It took a little bit of time for things to happen, but that's pretty normal for the, the Labor Day Classic between the Stamps and Eskimos. They always seem to feel each other out a little bit. It's usually a bit of a grudge match to start off. But I remember telling my brother at some point during the game, it was in the second quarter, I said, you know, like, it seems like the Stamps are going to pop off at some point, and they did. I think they scored a touchdown right before halftime. And after that, they were just lights out on defense or on offense. And, uh, they looked impressive. Uh, Bo's throws were, were on. Bagleton was was balling out. Um, and Kadeem Carey was just running roughshod over the defense. Now, that was an element that we haven't really seen to the Stamps game so far this season. And I'm, I'll touch a little bit more about the run game in a second. But I did want to give a special shout out to Kadeem Carey because I think his play during that game uh, changed things as far as how the Stamps had to game plan uh, the Eskimos. He was able to pick up major yards pretty much at will. And I mean, you could give a shout out to the O-line there too, because obviously the run game is, is nothing without the blocking. But I thought his aggressiveness was perfect. His speed was on display. Uh, he ran for over 100 yards, which is anything you could ask for, anything, everything you could ask for. Most importantly, though, I thought his blocking was outstanding. Any play where he was not directly involved on offense, um, he was tasked with picking up the extra uh, man rush from the the. Eskimo's defense and he picked it up every time Bo was hardly ever touched and of course that's a real testament to how the offensive line was playing too early in the season this is before uh, Bo got injured I was a little skeptical of how the offensive line was playing um, Bo was taking a lot of hits he was not quite himself in the pocket he looked uncomfortable the pocket seemed to collapse around him quite often it didn't quite seem like things were really coming together on the O-line. Granted, there were some new guys playing. Uh, Nila Kazatati was, this is his first full-time gig with the Stamps uh, after some um, injury spot duty last year. And so you figured it was going to take some time for them to come together. 
I think that Bo's injury was kind of the catalyst for that. You know, when, when your main guy goes down, you kind of have to pay special attention to your backup now, and you want to be able to make him the most comfortable he could possibly be. And so to do that, the offensive line has to play some stellar football. And I think that they did. I, I truly think that they did. They learned a lot from that time of the season. And so now that Bo is back, uh, you could see their progression on full display during the Labor Day Classic. I don't think Bo was touched even once. Maybe he took one or two hits after the play, um, but he wasn't sacked once. They didn't give up a single sack. He was hardly pressured. And against a defense as good as Edmonton's, that's no laughing matter. That, that is quite outstanding. And of course, we talked about Kadeem Carey before, but the fact that you're able to rush for over 100 yards in a game, um, that's a true testament to the play of the offensive line. So shout out to the big guys. I did want to talk about the run game separately, not so much about the Labor Day game. Obviously, they had an outstanding uh, outing there. Uh, the run game itself for the Stampeders has been kind of hot and cold this year. And granted, they've had a ton of injuries also. It seems to be a common theme for them. Uh, the incumbent starter, Don Jackson, has been in and out with injury, and he was injured a lot last year too. I was hoping this year he would be able to shake that injury bug, but it doesn't seem to be the case. So he's kind of been in and out of the lineup. Um, Terry Williams has been in the entire year, which is great because he's such a dynamic player. Kadeem Carey is a guy that the Stamps signed uh, after a brief stint in the NFL. And I believe he was on the practice roster a little bit last year and he came to camp this year. And he seems to pique the interest of the coaches quite a bit. And watching him play the couple of games that he played before he also got injured, it's not hard to see why uh, the guy runs with just straight power and he's not, he's not a scat back kind of, you would expect J Don Jackson to be a little more of a scat back, but um, Kadeem Carey is a little more of a straightforward runner and a power runner. And that was on full display on Monday in the Labor Day Classic. The guy just, he hit the holes, he hit them hard. And so he was able to get five, six, seven yards per run, sometimes more. And that's exactly what you want to see out of a, a guy like him. And if he can continue providing that for the Stamps, they're in a great position. The only person that's not a good position for is someone like Don Jackson. Uh, yes, he's injured. And yes, you don't want to be able to lose your starting position due to injury. But to be fair, when Don's actually got into the lineup, he hasn't quite done everything that he needs to do. Comparing, if you compare him to what Kadeem Carey has been doing. I think the... Um, the proof is in the pudding here right now. And as much as I like Don Jackson as a running back, I think he is a great running back. Uh, he hasn't been able to produce the same level that Kadeem Carey is currently. Um, I think Don will get his chance again, and I hope he takes full advantage of it because peak Don Jackson is a starting tailback in the CFL bar none. But I also think that Kadeem Carey is too. And unfortunately for this team, they have a, a wealth of, of running backs who could all carry that load. You have Terry Williams, you have Don Jackson, you have Kadeem Carey. When he's healthy, you have Romar Morris. There's four guys there all vying for one, maybe two jobs. Arguably, you would keep Terry Williams in the lineup just because he can return kicks. And so that really only leaves one spot to be fighting for. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I hope Don can bring it. Um, and I also hope that Terry or that uh, uh, Kadeem Carey can bring it because that only benefits the Stamps moving forward. That gives them that many more weapons, that much more offense. It takes that much more heat off of Bo and off of Dave Dickinson uh, calling plays, game planning, that kind of stuff. Now, I wanted to switch gears just a little bit uh, and step away from the Stamps currently and talk about a former Stamp, uh, and that's Alex Singleton. And... Of course, he, uh, among other players from last year, did take a shot at the NFL this year. Uh, they had a number of guys trying out for teams. So you had Alex and Mark and Michelle obviously going to the Eagles to try out there. You had James Vodders 
and Jameer Thurman going to the Bears. Um, and there's a couple other guys. I don't remember their names at the, at the moment. It'll probably come to me later when I'm thinking about this back again. But of course, the NFL tryouts are done. Uh, today is the first game of the season, the first day of the season anyways. And uh, all the guys got cut, all of them. And uh, a few of them took practice roster spots. Um, James Waters did take a practice roster spot with the Bears. I think Jameer Thurman is still to be decided. Uh, and same with Mark and Michelle. Alex Singleton was a guy who he did end up on the practice roster with the Eagles. And I think that shocked a few people, um, especially after hearing some of the comments made by the TSN panel. Um, since Alex has been there before, he's done the practice roster game in the NFL before, and he's kind of getting to that age where he just wants to play. Anyway, there was some news that came out this week where they were saying basically that Alex Singleton was, he had signed a deal with the Stampeders to return. He was literally in the airport in Philadelphia to come back to Calgary to settle in, to sign a long-term deal, to be here, put down roots and be a mainstay on the Stampeders team for a long, long time. When he got a call from the Eagles general manager, basically saying, Hey, we like, we loved what you did. Uh, we want you to be on the practice roster. We will probably get you some playing time eventually. Um, it, ultimately it was a, it was an offer that Alex couldn't refuse. And I don't really blame him that to really give it that chance. And, and I got to say that that general manager must've said some, some shit to, to convince Alex to stay because I do think that he liked being in Calgary. He liked the team here. He liked the atmosphere. I think he also liked how he participated in the team too. And the, the kind of guy he could be. So to be able to convince him to come back to be on a practice roster, um, must have been some heavy guarantees and really gotten his juices flowing. So good luck to Alex. I do hope that he sees playing time uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. I feel like once he gets in there, they won't be able to take him out. On the other hand, I feel a little bit bummed as a Stampeders fan because I loved having him on the Stamps team. And as good as Corey Greenwood has been playing, um, it's an obvious upgrade to bring someone like Alex Singleton back. And I don't think anyone could debate that. As, be, as for the other guys, um, it's I guess it's a wait and see uh, time of the year right now to see where, where they're going to land. Um, if the practice roster pans out for them, uh, I suspect the guys who do pick up, pick up a practice roster spot will probably spend the rest of the season there and then may try again next year, or they might say, screw it. We'll come back to the CFL again. I would be curious to see the two guys in particular, uh, Mark and Michelle and Jameer Thurman, what they choose to do. I feel like for Jameer Thurman, if he doesn't get picked up with somebody else, there's a good chance he would sign back with the Stamps. I think there's a, a spot for him here. Um, I don't want to say he plays second fiddle, but he played second fiddle to Alex Singleton last year, and I think he could fit in that that middle linebacking role with the Stamps this year. He's an outstanding linebacker, and he's a perfect fit for the Stamps. Same with Mark and Michelle. Uh, although the Stamps do have a number of really good receivers on the roster right now, I would be curious to see if he does make his way back to the CFL at any point in time. Uh, time will tell. Another guy that you kind of hope that he has some success, but if not, he'd be welcome back to the CFL for sure. He's the kind of personality, the kind of talent that the CFL loves to have. Looking forward to the rest of the season for the Stamps, and I hope that I do have a couple more podcasts about the Stamps before the end of the season. I don't have another three-month layoff. Um, they're currently sitting just ahead of the Eskimos in the standings. Just They have a tied record right now, but because they've beaten them in the head-to-head matchup, the Stamps are ahead. So they're sitting in third, I believe, in the Western Conference. And they play the Eskimos again on Saturday of this week. I foresee the Stamps being able to take off right now. As I mentioned before, Arbuckle was able to keep them more or less in the middle ground. He kept them at 500 football, which is exactly what you needed him to do. But now that the... You know, this is where the rubber hits the road and this is where the Stamps really need to take off. And I think with Bo back, um, with everything clicking at full speed, I think you'll see them start just to 
uh, chain some wins together and rise up the standings pretty quickly. You won't really be able to see how much you're going to get out of the Stamps as a team, as far as their potential goes, until they play the top teams in the in the conference. And so that would be Winnipeg, obviously, and Saskatchewan. Those are the two major litmus tests for the Stamps. So I'm really looking forward to the weeks when they get to play those guys. That's when we really see what this Stamps team is going to be capable of. I like that they've had some losses this year. I like that they've had some struggle, more struggle than they've ever had that I can remember in this era, the Bo Levi Mitchell era of the Stampeders. But I, I do like where they're going. I think this builds character. This this fight and this struggle um, really makes every win mean something for them. And for us as fans, it makes every play meaningful. It makes every win meaningful. It makes every loss meaningful. And that's exactly what you want to get out of something like this. It's what makes the football fun. It's what makes the CFL fun. So personally, I can't wait for the rest of the season. I think you're going to see the stamps take off. I think you're going to see them rise in the standings in no time. Uh, but I think we should have fun watching it. Anyway, thanks for listening yet again. Um, Look out for a few more podcasts coming your way, hopefully shortly, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.